Where are we? We're in Home Bay, 2017. Who would have thought that um, since the early days of the church beginning, we'd be this far down the line, if you like? I mean, some people, I know older people, have, they have said, I'm not going to die before the Lord comes. And they have. <laughs> They're so certain that Jesus is coming in their lifetime that um, they, they thought that that, that that wouldn't happen. But, it, but for some people it has, and uh, my mum's gone to glory now, and um, she never said as much, but uh, I, she knew where she was going. And um, she wanted to see the face of Jesus, and maybe she has now already, which is wonderful, isn't it? But um, as a church, we, we're here, 2017, and... Um, God is advancing his program in the earth. Even this week with the elections, we must see it as God allowing something to happen that maybe we can't see yet. And as part of... I think Britain, we need to be proud of the the people we've become and, and and the nation that we are. Not as a merit of arrogancy, not being arrogant because of what God has done. You see, the early days, there were people walked on the shore of this little island and told us about Jesus. It's as simple as that. And here we are down the road. And um, unfortunately, many things departed from the ways of God and uh, people don't like to hear about Jesus and stuff like that. And um, he's become a name which um, is not really popular, only as far as... um, uh, taking it in vain, you know, not really appreciating who he is and what he's done. And, and so we're here this morning, and um, so we're Beacon Church, we're in Herm Bay, and as Steve said last week, as he begun this new series of A Way of Life, sort of born out in this little book uh, written by Mike Betts, who sort of oversees the churches which, which we belong to, and um, what he's trying to do is trying to process something into us as a body, not only here, but as the collective churches, values which will keep us strong for the future and which will help advance the kingdom of God, a way of life. A way of life. I'm talking on corporate prayer this morning. And um, in a sense, I'm, I just tell you that I'm not trying to approach it in, in a sort of preaching at you because I feel that I'm probably the least person who's got the experience or expertise, if you like, or is able to pray satisfactorily, if you like. I, I feel I can't do it, but um, I know biblically what the things say. Um, so I'd like it, you to see it just a bit more of a chat rather than me preaching at you. Things I've grown up... I was virtually born in church, grew up in church, ate church, morning, afternoon and evening, literally. Yeah, absolutely, literally, yes, that's right. And most every day through the week as well. I'm not complaining about that. I'm not complaining about that, but in a sense, it's my life. And John's told his testimony today. And so I might share some experiences with you about prayer in my life. And um, I remember as, when I became a teenager, we used to sit around the communion table every Sunday morning. It was just a small, small group of people. 
And as I saw men getting up to pray, women weren't allowed to do it, I must add, uh, at that time. Um, just the men got up to pray, and I thought myself, go to my, it, one day it's coming my way. <laughs> and of course, uh, eventually, the time comes to the pray. You, you, out of compulsion, really, or anything else, not out of a need to pray to God, but be sure you've got to do it. <laughs> and sometimes prayers like that, you feel you've got to do it, rather than a need that comes from in here. That's not wrong. That's not wrong. But it's not what God's trying to energise into us. It eventually happened. It was courage, and I was shaking from head to tail, not knowing what to say, but I was also praying to specific language that I'd been hearing, which, which wasn't very helpful for me either, because I thought there's a certain way that you've got to pray. And, uh, uh, and so I sort of followed that pattern, and in the end, to me, it became quite difficult and almost boring. And so in a sense, you pick up how to pray from people around you, don't you? Um, and uh, that's a, there are good things to that and the bad things about that as well because you really want to relate to God on your, by yourself, on your own, out of your own heart and that's where the whole essence of it comes. But there's a particular part to uh, this part that I have today is about corporate prayer. Corporate prayer and it's praying together as a church or let me say as a group or in groups. Um, we're just a local church here, and there's the Baptist church, and there's Christ church, and no, no doubt they have their own ways of praying together. And uh, years ago, um, we used to have uh, a, a lady, and uh, she thought her best way that she could serve God was to have her own communion by herself in her house. That's not representative neither of biblical principles or of a way to relate to God because we actually do it as a body together, right? <clears throat> so she was on her own and um, that's what she did on her own. So corporate prayer is on, in our minds this morning as we think about it and think about it in the church. Um, in order to set, set this off, uh, we're going to read a passage in the, in the New Testament and it come, it's in... 2 Corinthians 1. If you've, uh, if you've read this book and you come to page 78, you will find that the Bible reference, sorry, 77 I think it is, you'll find that the Bible reference is wrong because it's not 2 Corinthians 11, 1, but 1, 11. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 11. And that's the sort of the, the core verse of this morning. I'm going to read that verse first in verse 11, and I'm going to go back almost to the beginning. Right, this is a man, Paul, and it's part of a letter that he wrote to uh, the church at Corinth, um, probably between about... AD 40, AD 55, something like that. That's the sort of general time. And he said, he's speaking to the church, you also must 
help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. I'm going to read that again. You also, and he's speaking to people like you and me this morning, and he's saying, come on, we need your help. Help is by prayer, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Many for many. In other words, many people praying together is going to bless other people, many other people. And so there's a call here to corporate prayer. It's already happened, guys, and bless you for it. You've been praying, you've carried my bags for me, as it were. You've shared the burden. You've gone through me with the hardships. And through that hardship, we needed to be comforted and strengthened. And you've shared that burden. You've taken half the load from us by praying. You've blessed many people by praying. So let's read back and let's pick up the other verses. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us, comforts us in all our affliction. So God comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. There's the many and the many again in that verse, do you see? With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. It's almost saying if we don't actually experience the difficulties of life, it would be hard to find what God can do for us. In this life. So sometimes he allows suffering to happen, he allows difficulty to happen, so we can experience what God is like. Verse 6 If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Verse 8, for we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly, just take these words in, can we? For we are so utterly burdened, beyond our strength, that we despaired of life itself. Now, I don't think words can convey to us this morning what's behind those words. We have to realize this man feels dead inside because of the suffering he's gone through. Have you ever felt dead inside, you know? Could say, and I say this with respect, not a suicidal dead inside, that you just don't want anything more. 
This is, this is the planter of churches, the man commissioned by God to do pioneering work in those early days, in difficult situations, difficult countries, difficult cultures. Here's a man, and he's, he's burdened. He's, he's despairing of life. How can I go on? And he said, those prayers that you prayed were the means of me being supported and comforted and helped. You are carrying the bags. Corporate prayer, it's so important. Verse 10. Sorry, beg your pardon. I'll go back to a bit further. For, verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. And this is where he comes to verse, this verse 11. You also must. You also must help us by prayer so that the many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Through the prayers of many. When Steve first sent me, um, I was thinking about prayer and, and what I would say just a few weeks ago. And um, when the email came through to me, on the top it had A-W-O-L. I thought, oh my gosh, Steve wants me to speak on prayer absent without leave. And I thought to myself, yeah, that very much applies to prayer meetings, corporate prayer meetings, absent without leave. And um, then, I, then I suddenly realised it was about the series, A Way of Life. <laughs> so really we're looking at this morning the prayers of many, corporate prayer in the church. Biblically, the New Testament tries to draw from us commitment to corporate prayer, the church, corporate prayer. Now, I must say that very often, if you say to someone, do we come to prayer meetings? They say, I can't come, I'm praying at home. That's good and that's fine, but actually it's biblically, it's corporate prayer. And Jesus, in the context of prayer, said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, and there am I in the midst of them. And it's really a point just to, just to, just to think about for the moment, just like that lady who had communion uh, on her own in her own front room. In a sense, prayer becomes significant when we actually pray with someone else. Corporate prayer. And I don't think it really matters in the end whether it's two or three in a group somewhere as part of your church or a specific prayer meeting, but it's two or three gathered. And Jesus is just making that clear. Come on, we need to agree about something. 
and we need to make this happen as a church. The prayers of many praying together. Now, I want to say a couple of things first, a couple of quotes if you like. One is humorous, one is hard, and it will be in your face, but I mean no offence by it. But I will explain. Which do you want first, the humorous one or the hard one? You know, when Paul, Paul the Apostle was writing to the church, he said, I've said hard things. He said, I've said hard things. I've just taken that. I just hope that I don't offend you, but if you are, I really can't help about that. Why well, I'm going to give you the humorous one first. Corporate prayer meetings was popular as a pork sausage in a synagogue. <laughs> I'll say it again if you didn't get it before. Prayer meetings were as popular as a pork sausage in a synagogue. And if you don't know that, Jews won't eat pork, not meant to eat pork. So in a synagogue is the place where they meet. Now for the hard one. If you're at home watching television, or walking the dog, or having a lie-in, or down the pub when your brothers and sisters have met together to pray as a church, it could well be showing contempt for what Jesus paid the price for, and contempt means open disrespect for the authority of Scripture and the family of God. That's a hard saying. If we really understand what the church is about and the kingdom of God is about and what Jesus paid the price for, we'd run to a prayer meeting with our brothers and sisters. But we've become so lax. We've become so easy about it. Is it that important that I should be there? Well, personally, I think it is, because as a young man, as growing up, that's what God spoke to me. Your brothers and sisters have made the effort to go to a prayer meeting because the elders have called a prayer meeting. You're not honouring them. You're not honouring the body of Christ. In actual fact, it's contempt, because the church is the fundamentally the most important thing that God is doing and working with in this earth. I have to be honest to you with John and Steve, we don't discuss this as a specific matter, but sometimes we get caught up in discussion with one another. So I wonder why they didn't come to the prayer meeting. I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't know. And that's just being honest. I don't know the reason. In a sense, really, it's not really for us to probe and to find out what that reason really means. Now, we'll say this with respect, because there are legitimate reasons why people can't be at prayer meetings. I understand that. We understand that. But it's the call of God on our life for the purpose of the church in the earth. And I think it's that important. That's how I see it. 
I'm sure others do. But I if you have a different understanding, that's fine. And you can come at me, if you like. We can see Steve or John and say, David said something which is wrong. I'm willing to be challenged. But just think, what did Jesus pay the price for? What did he pay the price for? Is that dishonouring to him that he gave his whole life for you and for me? That we should just ignore what the church is doing? That's a hard saying, isn't it? I know it's hard. So I just want to put corporate prayers into a few headings, one or two headings. Um, um, we're going to end up getting into small groups this morning and praying and having communion. So I wanted to be practical this morning so that we might have the opportunity just to, together, pray about something. And we can use the Lord's Prayer as a framework that for your life. The first thing I want to say is for prayer is the vulnerability. Vulnerability. And it comes like this. I don't know what to say. I can't pray like they do. I'm not sure what to pray for. And they'll think I'm being silly. I don't enjoy it. And I find it boring. Do you notice one thing about each of those things? The word I? Praying corporate prayer is about praying together. If we say anything or not when we finally get together, but it's that God honours that. If we honour our brothers and sisters. In actual fact, none of those things are important. Because it's all about presence. If Jesus said he'll turn up if you turn up, I think that's quite important, isn't it? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll come and join you. I think that's amazing, isn't it? So it's not only his presence that's important, but his presence. That's the first thing. Presence. The body of Christ is about presence. It's about being there because it's God's business. Do you go to work, get to work on time? Do you phone in if you're sick? Do you put your energies into working out your employment as you should do? Yes. When you have the opportunity. That's what I did and what I do. But God's church is no different. There are values that we use in the business world that we don't translate into our local church. But it's God's business. It's God's business. Corporate prayer is fundamentally so important, but we're subject to vulnerability because we feel that we're not getting anything out of it. But really, prayer is about giving, about calling God for his kingdom to come. It's about souls being saved. It's about Herm Bay being changed upside down. It's about the world being It's about our government. It's about our world. Why? Well, because Jesus is going to take it in the end anyway. 
He's going to, what is it we say at Christmas? His kingdom shall never end. We're part of that. We're being drawn in. Do we want our children to find Jesus Christ? My mum's funeral this week, um, I met up with my, my cousin's husband. And it's about, what, near, about 42, 48 years ago. We were staying with them, and um, I learned one thing from him when we, when we went to stay with them. He prayed, I heard him pray, Now I was a bumptious young man, you know, I was an only son, and I just married this beautiful lady here, and we went to stay for them, and um, he prayed this, Lord, help me to love my children as I should. I don't know if it was over grace or what it was. Always praying in the evening, I don't know. And um, do you know what? I went home and I prayed that prayer. And I said, God, help me to love my children as I should. And I believe God helped me to do that. But you see, these are things that we learn. We pick up praying together. I learned something from him. So vulnerability, yes, we will feel vulnerable when we, want, when we gather together, but we've got to push through. It's a duty as well as a desire. And God will create the desire and give us a sense of duty about it. So vulnerability, the second thing is teachability. If we say we can't do all these things and we find it difficult... The point about putting ourselves in the place of learning. The disciples did that when they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us how to pray, as John also taught his disciples how to pray. They didn't say to him, Jesus, give us a prayer that we can pray. No, they said, teach us how to pray. And we know that prayer, we could probably say it off by heart, but it was a process of learning. It's a process of learning. So, what can I say to you this morning? The first thing is to get together with someone else, someone you can easily chat to, or someone you get on well with, and start to pray with them. That's just a bit of advice. If you find it difficult, find someone and pray with them. You don't have to use special language or anything like that, but you're learning to communicate to, to God together. Years ago, they, they brought out, a thing came out in the church, prayer triplets. I don't know if you remember them. And people used to get together in threes to pray about things. And it was really helpful to many people. But it actually demonstrated the corporate prayer idea. And in a difficult world where we're so busy doing everything and we can't all meet together as a church in one place at one time, it demonstrates not me on my own, but the corporateness of praying together. And that's important. That's the fundamental bit of it. Putting ourselves in the place of learning because you will learn from someone else and you will help someone else and you're doing what God wants you to do. Another way of 
being teachable about prayer is to learn scripture off by heart. And I've got one for you to learn. You've also got to find out where it is, so you'll have to listen to key words. And if home group readers could do this in their home group to hear people that have learnt this verse, then that would be good. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Now that was a prayer that God was requiring for the Jewish nation as they were facing trouble. Now as a country we're facing trouble, so it's quite relevant this week if we could pray that. It's a challenge. If you don't learn know it already, you can go and learn it. And so learn that verse as part of your home group learning this week. If my people who are called by my name, and we are called by Jesus' name, shall humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Teachability. Learning how to do things. Saying, Lord, yes. And you can just pray simply. And I'm going to give an opportunity at the end that if you really want help with this, John will be available to help you on that course. He does, I haven't told him about that, but he will. He'd love to do it. Being teachable, just helping us to understand. But the third thing is responsibility. If you've got a Bible, if you can turn to 1 Timothy 1, sorry, 1 Timothy 2. And that's towards the end of the Bible. This is an, another letter. It's in the context of church again. Timothy's a young man, and, and uh, Timothy's actually put himself in the place of learning. He's learning from Paul, and Paul is teaching him. And uh, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and, thank well, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. <laughs> Can you do that in one meeting? We can't do it in one meeting. But it's just the call to prayer where the need lies. And it's for everyone. Verse 2, for kings. And that would mean people in authority over us, government and stuff like that. For kings and all those in authority... And this is the reason that we may live peaceable and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge, to a knowledge of the truth. And if any verse is so concise about what our praying should be about, I think that's it, isn't it? God wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth, and you should pray about it. It's praying for release of the gospel in our land, the gospel as we come together that other people might come to know Jesus Christ as Saviour. Yeah, that's right. That's responsibility. And the last thing is accountability. 
It's a hard saying again, and I, it come, I take this as well as anybody else. When I stand before God, there'll be accountability. A few years ago, there was a ship that went from Dover to, not Calais, the other place, and um, the Herald of Free Enterprise, and it went down in the channel. And on the news report, someone said, I don't know who it was, I have no idea whatsoever. And it was this, this is a question, did anybody pray for the safety of that ship as it travelled? We don't even think about it, probably didn't even think about it. But from that time, there are occasions when I, when I have prayed about transport, the first part of the day when I've prayed. You know, that God would just protect people in travel and stuff like that. But it's a good question to ask, isn't it? Did everybody ever pray for it? You know, there's legitimate things. We've been told to pray for all people everywhere and situations. And that's just one of the things we can pray for. So just to wrap this up. Yes, we are accountable. I mean, if you don't turn up for work and do your job, you're accountable. In a sense, prayer is work. You can't make it easy. It's calling on the name of God. Now, going back to verse 11, I just want to just, just unpack the many here. The many people have been blessed by the many praying. Corporate prayer. As Paul writes this, he sees it in a different way than what we can actually read it this morning. And it's like this. The many is the individual faces of the people he can see as he prays, as he thinks about them. He could see these people in Corinth. And he sees their faces. Not all of them, maybe, but a lot of them. And uh, the faces of these people. And that's literally what it means. The many is the individual, literally, faces of people. The idea being of faces upturned in prayer. The early Christian attitude of prayer is one standing with uplifted eyes, outstretched arms, I would say that a common attitude of eyes closed, heads bowed, hands together, does not become the sort of people that God say we are and the access to God given us in Christ Jesus. So it's a bodily thing as well. You know, we've been taught things over the years which actually aren't relevant. One of the most important things is getting together to pray together. Eyes up, arms up coming before holy God. And God has given that sort of access. We read in Hebrews about the confidence of approaching God with confidence and appreciating what Jesus has done for us. It's so, so amazing that the faces of these people were the faces of the people who carried the burden, who carried his bags for him, helped him do what he had to do. And in a sense, that what God is, daily God is calling us that. So there's quite a challenge here this morning for us to just think about. I can almost hear God saying, I need to hear the young children in church 
call upon God as their father. I need to hear the widowed old lady speak before the king of kings. I need to hear the fathers pleading with God to make them better leaders in the home. I need to see my fellow elders leading by example in how and what to pray. And I need to be there as an example myself. All things which are relevant. I know this is a hard saying. But if we want to see the blessing of God, it is hard. It's not easy. Because we're in a battle. We're in a battle. Let's fight for the cause of our God. We're just going to have communion now. And um, what I'd like you to do is to just to gather in, move your chairs around and just gather in a group. Yeah? Beside you. And just a couple of prayers. And if you take your bread and your wine back to your group and just share together the communion there, just thank God for his goodness and all that he has. So I just thank God for this bread and wine as you rearrange. Father, we thank you for this time to share bread and wine, to remind us of the price Jesus paid. May it mean much to us as we take part of it. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.